Hi, this is Collins John. You're listening to Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. Well, it's happened. It was inevitable. Welcome to the VAR debate once more. We've been backhanded, good and proper, though not as early as I expected. I'm not sure why the London Stadium likes to bring us pain and controversy when we all rejoin the Premier League, but like all of you, we are fuming after this game still. Things got massively out of hand, so lots to rant about, but also stuff to discuss in how we performed with a giant emphasis on Bournemouth this weekend. With me to discuss this hands-on are Morgan Colton and Collins John. I'm J-Mac and this is Far From Home. Fulham. Right, folks. Lovely to have you here. Um, I think we need a nice whiskey by the fire after this one. What a crock of shit that all was. Um, I don't really have many... Like positive thoughts with West Ham I really wanted us to win this game not just because obviously we need the points but just genuinely we haven't won there for nearly 20 years in any of their homes um, Morgs, for me this is um, corruption deception disgrace daylight robbery I, I, I I'm, I just want your thoughts on this on the opening thoughts <laughs> you covered it quite well then really didn't you thank you well, it's so difficult when you're in a league like this and uh, it's the it's supposed to be the you know the big the big leagues the where it's where everyone wants to be you're you're here and you have to have a certain amount of trust in the officials and all that and then this happens and this isn't a one off issue this has been happening all season uh with VAR i mean you look at sort of that afternoon where at stamford bridge where i think it was chelsea i think it was west ham again and uh, that Newcastle Palace game, I think. And just the, the decisions are baffling. I don't know what's going on. It's it's absolute madness about how what has been brought in to basically eradicate human error by taking the subjectiveness out of decisions is now clearly being used in that way. With, uh, you know, that decisions are being made subjectively. And... That's not what the whole point of VAR was. It was to basically uh, implement the rules as they as they're stated, and then uh, you know taking taking away any sort of issue that the referee may have not seen. And in this case, that certainly hasn't happened. And you know, well, I mean, we'll talk about it and stuff. But it's the they clearly are missing things, or they're not interpreting. Uh, infringements in the way that they should be, and again, that's not just for this game. This is this is widespread at the moment. So this this is a really big issue that needs to be looked at. It's an ongoing problem. And um, Collins, I, I think this can go up there with probably the worst VAR Fulham have seen so far. I mean, on, this completely obviously beats Joachim Anderson getting sent off with the Callum Wilson dive at Newcastle two seasons ago. I mean, because. Uh, uh, a lot of people are now saying, let's get rid of it. It doesn't work. But it clearly does work in showing what actually happened. And without it, we actually wouldn't have a chance at all to overwrite these incorrect decisions if it was gone. But, I mean, if it was gone, we would still have lost. But the, the, the Manning 
of this bloody bloody technology is so poor and the fact that none of these goals were corrected is staggering I mean is it another case of the refs using it are the problem or is just it their further confusion with the actual handball rule at the moment yeah it's a difficult difficult one I think it's the ref because you know I watch a lot of football and sometimes the decision has been made so you think they're going to go up, go up to the to the screen to actually make a decision and they don't so they would just make their own decision. So I think there's so much unclearness going on right now in the Premier League. Actually, not not just the Premier League, just overall with VAR. But looking at the game yesterday, I just thought, surely has to be a problem here because he was so arrogant and he was so ignorant as well. Like, he was... Just giving um, the example as well, I think... Pereira decision was his own mistake because he warned him about two, three times. <laughs> so I kind of I kind of understand that one. But like you said, I don't think the VAR should go, but I think should be a clear plan what they're gonna do in the future because right now it's just too messy. It's a lot of things going on, it's a lot of speculation, it's a lot of mess going on and it's going to get worse because it shouldn't be because Premier League, like you said, is one of the best leagues in the world. For me, the best. And surely we have to um, sort this uh, out as soon, as soon as possible. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? You, you, you need assurances that the technology is going to help, not just hinder or be there just for the sake of it. You need the players, the teams. I mean, as these decisions could ultimately cost teams hundreds of millions of pounds if they make the wrong decisions and a team goes down by one point two points then you have to look at it and go well what's the point of it being there in the first place just have the uh the offsides done by var and leave the rest up to the the officials on the pitch because invariably if you get to the level that they are they are a decent level of referee or assistant referee we saw in the championship the quality can drop exponentially when you get down to the second tier and below. But in the Premier League, you know, yes, they make the odd mistake, but you can almost forgive it because a they're human and b they're at, you know they're not overlooking the pitch; they are on the pitch, say at eye level with these players. But if we were watching it and you sort of say, okay, the referees in the broom cupboard at Stockley Park are there and sort of making these sort of calls and going to make them every single one exactly right uh, where needed, then fine. But they're not. This is, it's not acceptable in this day and age. If they're going to make such a big thing about having technology in football for it not to be implemented properly, then there's got to be a massive overhaul with it. And then perhaps, I mean, no, you can't get rid of it. We've gone too far now. It's, you know, it's here to stay, but, they need to work out how to use it better. But Morgan, it's always going to be hard, isn't it? Because you, you have to deal with opinions of people. So you're always going to get debates. So for me, you have to cut out opinions of people and make sure everybody stick to one rule. I exactly. think that is the better plan. Yeah, for Because sure. right now, one referee might say, well, for, for me, that's not a handball. The another one might say, that's a handball. So I think you just have to go back to basic. Just be, if it's handball, penalty mm-hmm. if it's not don't give it yeah because otherwise you're always going to get after the game 
well, you know, opinions, and it's always going to be a debate. It's going to be a mess. And I think that's where we should go. We have to go to the basics and make sure everybody stick to one plan. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, Collins, as a, as a player, obviously, if a decision goes against you, it's incredibly frustrating. But almost, it's almost more forgivable if it's a call by the referee who is there and you, know, you can accept that, you know, mistakes can be made. But if you're a player and you know that someone, not even in the ground, is making a decision for the referee and still get it wrong, it's got to throw you off your game massively, surely. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. It's amazing how we talk about the subjectivity of it and how it's all opinions and it's all for debate. I've never, ever actually seen anyone so united on match of the day with Danny Murphy and with Antonio tweeting at the end, pretty much confirming that he knows he got away with one about with VAR and it's, they've actually now had a bit of justice West Ham for their VAR decision in the past with Skamanka, not uh, Skamaka, burger pardon, not even celebrating when the goal goes in. It's just like everyone seems to feel really onside that actually none of those goals should have happened apart from the one person who's fucking using it. It doesn't make any sense. I think it's absolutely bewildering. Um, I mean, the, I agree completely with what Collins is saying, what you're saying, mate, with Andreas. I think, you know, it's it looks like, you know, Dawson actually clotheslined him by the end of it, but Andreas sh- shouldn't have been in that position. That was the second warning he got, and it was just making an absolute error for himself and leading himself into that situation. I... I I don't really, in terms of the actual handball rule. I mean, I, I think it's just a nonsense. The, the 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 argument that the second the second handball from Antonio is a different phase of play because a Fulham player has interfered with it is just a joke. So going back to what Colin says, yeah, I mean, it should just be if it hits your hand, that's it. It doesn't matter if, if there's been an interruption. If there's a phase of play, we all need to stick to one rule and be singing from the same hymn, hymn sheet. But regardless of all of it, it's just an absolute because I feel like this was real robbery and we started so well and it was so good there were such nice moments with Andreas getting his first goal the brilliance of that goal and the, the angle of it and the embrace of Marco Silva afterwards and then it just all went to shit basically and it's it's just such a shame we're all going to have games like this but I wasn't expecting it to be to be this bad in all honesty I wasn't expecting to have you know when it rains, it pours. Sort of situation. I kind of, I, um, I kind of. You, sorry to interrupt, but I think I kind of. Uh, I think the fact that we're discussing VAR in this way, it's not to say that Fulham would have gone on and won the game or got something from the game had the decisions gone our way. You know, West Ham may have, you know, still scored two or three. True, you know? but it, it's just the fact that we weren't. The result looks distorted because of the goals and how they came about. We after West Ham scored their penalty. The stuffing looked knocked out of us. I think I, there's no real arguing with that. But I think, you know, we just shouldn't have to be dealing. We shouldn't be having this conversation because of no. uh, referee or no, even for the referee. We shouldn't be having this conversation because of VAR, but we are. So it's it's a shame that we can't be analysing a game and say, oh shit, we lost three one. We were terrible. It's not that. It's that not that conversation. But would you say there's a case to be made in a way that West Ham were the better side? I mean, if you're looking, for instance, at their shots on talk, target, their possession, uh, XG, if that's something you'd like to believe, if that is your religion, that we're still, no, yeah, I know that no. you don't like it, but that's fine. No. But no. I mean, no. it seems that you know, Fulham <laughs> have actually been doing very well with being outperformed by XG for a while. So it is a bit of a nonsense to some people, and I completely understand that. Um, 
but that being said, uh, I do think that, you know, you touched on it, Morgan. I'd like to ask Collins this. Like, when we conceded the penalty, um, our heads dropped again, and it's like we suddenly just had no creativity and no oomph in us once again throughout the whole game. It was very similar to actually the red card that we got last week. And is, is this something to be worried about and potentially something that maybe Silver has to work on because our our heads do drop in these situations and this is the second time running. Yeah, good point. Um, looking at the game, I thought after 25 minutes, uh, the strike of, uh, of West Ham, I can't even pronounce his name. Um, he should have it's Kamaka, isn't it? Yeah, it's Kamaka, yeah. He had a header, uh, one ball, just uh, off the post. Um, but I want to say it starts with a gaffer. Because after the incident with the penalty, he was going on for like a good 10 minutes. I know it's frustrating, mm. but surely you have to calm yourself down and make sure. It's only 1-1, one, one, nothing, nothing happened. I think you have to make sure you get your team right, you got your structure right. He was just going on about it with a ref from ages. And I was like, come on, it's done now. Make sure you get to half time and make sure you calm the guys down. And then from second half, you go again. But... I think it's worrying, but, you know, I'm going to say one thing. I think you guys agree as well. I mean, we miss Mitro. I mean, he's our big threat up front. It's not... He, Finicius is a good player, don't get me wrong, because I know him from Holland as well. He was at PSV. Um, but he's not Mitro, because what Mitro has been doing this year is just been absolutely fantastic. So, um, he's a big present. He's a goal scorer. He's a leading, leading guy up front. So, for him to be out, he's a big blow for the, for the team. You can see it. Uh, the comforting is, is is not there and um, like you said I think um, it's worrying going forward from now on yeah I mean obviously Mitro is our star player he is our goal scorer he's done so much more than that uh, the last couple of seasons as well um, well you know this season last season so to not have him on the pitch is a massive loss but we need to be in a position where we aren't relying on one player and having uh, João Paulinho back was obviously a massive boost. Um, having Harry Wilson back on the, Harry Wilson was back on the bench, wasn't he? Yesterday, he and I think you know having so. having that, even though you know not uh, not playing, but to actually sort of have him around again, there's that sort of uh, motivational side of it. But let's face it, our squad is not that deep, and Vinicius, you know, he hasn't played that many games. Uh, in the last couple of years and to sort of have him uh, to rely on him as a lone striker it's going to be hard you know for the first game that he plays as well and we need to make sure that Mitro's back soon obviously injuries are injuries can't always um uh you know you can't always rely on them to actually sort of fix themselves as quickly as you wish but I think, yeah, and, you know, Collins, you're right. It's the manager has got a massive say in how the team is performing on the pitch as well and spend that much time, you know, arguing over a decision that has been and gone uh, is slightly detrimental to the team overall. So hopefully he'll look at that and go, I was probably a bit wrong. He was, you know, he was obviously passionate, but at the same time, passion only gets you so far in that respect, especially when the decision's being made and is not being reversed. So I think there's there's a few elements from that game that are of our own making to an extent. And I think hopefully they're there to be learnt from because 
this is kind of this is so different to last season. This is such a much harder task, and we don't want to be in this position again where we let our heads drop and we concede an extra one or two goals because this is turning into well, I'm not going to say that it's not turning into a Scott Parker season or Ranieri season or whatever. This is just it's a bit of a learning curve for this team at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And so, what with with that being said, um, I know Vinicius obviously is not going to fill the Mitrovic-sized hole in our squad at the moment. But there was a really nice pass that he did into the lead up to the goal when in the first few minutes, which I enjoyed. I thought Cabano looked brilliant um, in the lead up to that goal as well with the assist, and obviously Andreas. So those are the positives. Um, Dan James in this game, Collins. I'd like your thoughts on him. I mean, a bit of a a pace merchant would be the really nasty cynical side of things being said about him. I don't think that's true necessarily, but I don't think Dan James was brought as a starter. I think he was actually brought as a sub. So him starting this game, I felt that, you know, if he scores that goal um, from, you know, however many yards out that hits the crossbar, he absolute brilliance. But I would say that there was slightly found wanting this game and, and, and potentially just a, a few other players that maybe could have just been at the races a little bit more just like your thoughts and maybe and just who else we are missing incredibly at the moment yeah I think we are missing Kenny Tate uh, I don't really know what's going on with him I think he picked up an injury um, of course Bobby Reed did a, a good job at the right back but also for the goal he was the one who kind of played uh, Skamaka on, on side and about Dan James, um, that's a tricky one, what you just said, because he was playing at Leeds, but he was not playing at wide, he was playing up front. I saw a lone striker right. uh, going behind the fence and stretching there with his pace. Um, yeah, he was a bit flat. He was a bit flat, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't like the way he played. Of course, the shot on the crossbar was a good shot. But, you know, we have to give him time as well, because I still think he's a good player, and I still think he can help us in certain moments, but was definitely not yesterday and um, like you said a few players was gone missing yesterday um, I thought um, Harrison Reed normally is an outstanding player he had a bit of quiet one yesterday as well um, yeah you're right Cabana looked lively especially with a goal uh, even the second half he was our hope basically because after the penalty I don't think Pereira actually played well I think he was lost he was disappointed obviously with uh, with the decision um, mm. so like you said if you have to go to West Ham and and, and get something from the game everybody needs to be sharp even your bench player yeah. coming off the bench and it wasn't the case yesterday so that's why he lost the game and of course the decision was not was not the right decision I know that but like we said before also uh, I still think uh, we would uh, lose the game yesterday because West Ham after the penalty was was a better side uh, yeah, I, and I think we're, we mustn't forget, actually, that their squad isn't that injured and they actually have a very good squad, man-for-man yeah. man, uh, yeah. West Ham. Yeah. And I would say, the, the talking about the depth, relating to what just Colin said there, Morgs, um, with Bobby Dekadova-Reed filling it right back, that's quite a strong state from, statement from Marcus Silva from the get-go to not have Mbabu on, isn't it? I, I think that's a, an interesting one in terms of our depth at the moment, in terms of uh, I mean, he was brought off in the last game and it wasn't an injury, it was a tactical reason so I just wonder what your thoughts are on that and what what, what must be going through the head of Mbabu if either it's going to push him or make him feel even more dejected, I don't know Well, I think uh, Silva is fairly open in saying that Mbabu has to improve and get to the level that is expected of him as a Premier League right back. Kenny Tete has been brilliant this season. I think he's an exceptional right back. Um, and I'm actually sort of glad that we have him over Nico Williams, if I'm honest. 
And if Mbappé is going to really challenge Tete for that position, then he's going to need to improve. Aside from that, um, you know, a couple of those crosses that he's put in, which have been exceptional, that's, you know, fair play to him, his defensive work has not been good as of yet. Now, it is a learning curve coming into the Premier League. You know, any player, Collins, as you well know, is yeah. coming into the Premier League is Top a completely league. different beast from yeah. other leagues around the world. And where, where did Mbappé come from? He came from the Swiss League or something, didn't he? No, Germany. Was he Germany? Oh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah, Wolfsburg. So, okay, so not again, not a bad level, but it's also, you know, Wolfsburg, a decent you know, German team coming into a team who will be up against it for the most part against some of these yeah. players who are incredibly fit, incre- incredibly quick and skillful. And he's just got to, he's got to learn, you know, it's, it's a, it is a learning curve for a lot of these players when they come in and hopefully it doesn't take him too long, but I don't think he needs to be dejected by being dropped for Bobby because Bobby has shown himself in the past to be a half decent right back when needed. Yeah. So I think it's just a, a statement from Silver that regardless of whether we only have, you know, one official right back available, if there is a player who is uh, better suited at that moment to play in that position, then he'll pick him. So, yeah, I think Mbappé will get there. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Um, talking about Dan James, though, I mean, again, I had high expectations of him when he joined in the sense that I thought under... Silver's style, uh, you know, with the fast counter-attacking, he would be, you know, integral to some of our forward play. He hasn't really done it yet, but again, it's early days. I don't, you know, I don't buy into the fact that he's, you know, a shit signing or something like that. I think he definitely will offer something, but he does need to work on some of his yeah. play and his defensive side of it, uh, most importantly at this point, which he may not have been asked to do at Leeds. I mean, under Bielsa, he didn't really defend, did they? You know, it was just like, as long as they score six, it's fine. You know, if they score five, we saw six. It's kind of the, uh, almost like the Kevin Keegan style of football. And yeah, it's, I think, I think he will have something to offer. I just, I'm not quite sure he's found his feet yet. So I think he just, he needs to buy into the system, I guess. Mm. And it's not for me. I it's I don't want to be bashing players that are relatively new because they haven't, you know, like you say, that they it's still early days. The only thing, the only reason we're doing this actually is because we have an injury crisis, and it's easy to highlight these problems because they have to start. And I think with Mbappé, just going back to him, I don't see an agility problem necessarily. I see just someone who looks a bit like a rabbit in headlights when he plays. I think he's got a confidence problem, probably in terms of. But then again. He's going to bound to have a confidence problem when he played for Spurs. He was just playing on the wrong side, you know. So, it, it, and I think that was a really bad start for him. Really, probably messed with his head a bit. So, I don't want to be too critical, even though I can be on the WhatsApp group of him at times. You know what I mean? But I do think, I do, I do think that you know these players will come good. But it's just the injury and the depth that we are struggling with. Um, Collins, do you, anything else you'd like to point out in terms of some players that stood out for you? I thought Bernd Leno had a really good game and I don't think he actually deserved to concede three goals in this at all. Some of the stops he made were fantastic. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're spot on. I think the goalkeeper had a great game. Um, knowing he was the third goalkeeper of Arsenal. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yes, this guy not long ago, he was playing Champions League and he was, I think, second goalkeeper of Germany. 
and over the sudden your third goalkeeper at Arsenal. So I think it's a great business by Fulham to to pick him. No, I think I think he had a great game. Um, even though Bobby had his uh, mistake with the first goal, maybe I think he did well at right back, and it's not his normal position. I think Robinson had a good game, the left back. I know, like you said, you know, it was a lot of uh, crosses from uh, West Ham, but you know you're going to get that from West Ham. Apart from that, uh, Coban had a, had a uh, decent game. But apart from that, like I said before, West Ham has always been a tough game, even though the, the, the time when I was playing, it was always a tough place to go. Uh, and you know to get a result there, you have to be spot on. You have to be on side and you have to mm-hmm. be, you know, um, informed basically to get something out of the game. Um, and I think too many players yesterday was too quiet for me to actually um, make sure we got something out of the game. So... Like you said, I still think we're confident this year to get something at the at the at the league and stay up because I think Mark Silva has, has been doing absolute top job. So I'm confident. I'm confident. But so we saw these games, didn't we, in the championship? You know, Coventry away, and then obviously other ones fail me at the moment. But we had a few games where we didn't get result, and we looked massively off the pace, or just they were just flat. It happens. I think just in the Premier in the Premier League, you get punished. Um, it's you can't, you know, that's just what happens. They just need to make sure that two defeats on the trot don't now send us into a bit of a spiral in a motivational sense. And come, up, I think Bournemouth's probably an ideal game next. Although to be fair to them, they're doing really well after they uh, very got well rid of their last manager. You know, it's obviously it was a correct decision and. I think it's going to be a very tough game, but home to Bournemouth is that ideal sort of chance to correct the last two results. But again, they're going to have to be massively switched on. I mean, Bournemouth are incredibly well organised now. Mm. So hopefully Mitro will be back. If he's not back and um, Vinicius is starting up front, then it's an ideal chance for him to get his first goal. So we just need to build on you know the on the last two results I say building the last two results got to come bounce back from the last two results and yeah really and really sort of grab the game by the scruff of the neck I'd say well no look, if we beat Bournemouth then we, we start to forget about the injustices of this game and the red card and against Newcastle that's not a problem at all I mean I just find it really flipping Fulham and really funny that this like two games ago they said this is the start of our favourable fixtures now and uh, so far it looks like we've, <laughs> it's been quite unfavourable like especially that last game and I, I, it all started actually when Burnt Leno and Inch you said there are going to be tough times ahead and he, it's almost like he was quite prophetic in knowing that these two games are actually not going to go the way we expected not that we should be expecting you know wins against Newcastle far from it or wins at West Ham because you know we had a struggle there like Colin says but it's just this, this, how the games rolled out was just not not to to anyone's taste at all in terms of refereeing. Um, so going on to Bournemouth, then, like we wanted this game to be, uh, we were sort of hoping it would actually be a sort of a bit of a fun one, just because we kind of expect to win, but we maybe hoped for a draw or two or three points beforehand with either Newcastle or West Ham. So now, now it's quite. A, Serious, and we obviously want to change our mentality, like you said, there, Morgs. And I just, do, do you think, Collins? I'll go to you for this one. Do, do you think there's any potential that 
Mitchell will be back for this game because I saw that Marcus Silva in Evening Standard said uh, just today that he's actually quite angry um, with Serbia's treatment of him for making him play a second game when they were already through, I think. I'm not too sure of the exact details. I would just like your thoughts on whether you think Mitchell could be back for this and just if you think Mitchell should have actually been played as much as he was for the Serbia games, if you agree with Silva to some extent, basically. Mm, Yes, it's a 50-50. Mitro is a big character in that dressing room. Um, he's a big player, uh, all-time goal scorer at that at that, at that um, nation as well. So surely he could have said to the gaffer, "Listen, I don't want to play. You know, we're, we're through. Everything is done. Um, let me just go back to the club and make sure I'm fit for the next game." So he's he's, he's a fifty-fifty on that one. I think um, would he be fit for the Bournemouth game? <sighs> Hope so because that's a big game. And like you said, we have to get the three points. It's not, it's not, it's not a one-point game. It's a, it's a three-point game because you're playing at home. Um, we're playing at home, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It needs, to, yeah. it needs to be loud too. So, exactly. So you have to go for the three points. Uh, I can find out because obviously Bormorte, as you know, he's, he's a good friend of mine. So that would be really yeah. helpful. <laughs> Thank you. you. <laughs> can, you, can, you <laughs> can you find out right this second and then come I'm back and sort of? <laughs> I've been uh, I've been actually I spoke to him yesterday uh, after the game just a little text and uh, so I can find out but yeah that would be a massive massive lift for 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 everybody uh, connected with Fulham for Mitro to be back and um, I think it's going to be a perfect game as well one thing I have to say though about yesterday's game I know Finicius he's also a guy who likes crosses from the from from the from the from the wide side and we didn't actually put a crosses in mm. that, that was surprising yesterday actually He's a big guy. He like he like you know he likes to score goals from the crosses, um, and I know obviously if Mitro plays automatically as a winger, he's he's very demanding and he wants the ball in, in, in the box. But finishes is exactly the same player, so that was a bit that was a bit funny one. But um, yeah, like you said, it's a big game um, against Bournemouth, and you're right, uh, Morgan. Bournemouth, Bournemouth is doing well. I can't believe they beat Leicester last minute. So yeah, that's going to be a cracking game. Yeah, I think it's the, the dangerous thing about Bournemouth at the moment is they keep winning games when they uh, from behind. So I mean, if we score first, I'm not. It's not going to make me feel very confident with that in mind. But also the fact that we scored the first goal uh, the two days ago as well. Um, sorry, yesterday as well, and um, still lost. So that's 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 what's so heartbreaking about these situations. Um, Morgan, what are your thoughts on? Harry Wilson I mean do you think he could make an appearance as well it's just quite hard at the moment because we're waiting on all these players to come back and there is an argument that actually West Ham away is a very tough game and Marco Silva might have actually known that Mitrovic and Harry Wilson could have maybe played but he wants to save them for this crucial game at home where the points are more important to the crowd and to do the fact it's a it's a it's a stadium where we actually tend to win as opposed to the London Stadium or Upton Park I think he'll only play him if he's fit I don't think he'd take a chance at them. Obviously, the ideal would be for him to be blooded back into the team. Maybe give him half an hour on Saturday if he is. I mean, I, th- I don't think he'd be on the bench. He nearly played during training, apparently. That's what Marcus Silva said. Anyway. Right. Okay. I mean... He, play- he played a few minutes or something okay. like that. Well, I mean, if he's going to play, great. I trust Silva not to sort of rush him back. Um, it's to go from not having played all season to starting a game... Uh, of that sort of the, of that nature would be an interesting choice. I don't, uh, given the fact that you know our weakness wasn't on the wings in this game. I don't think. I don't think we need to rush him in. I think the one I'd be more likely to bring back if he was touch and go would probably be Kenny Tete. 
So yeah, I'd prefer to see uh, Wilson starting on the bench, but him getting a few minutes coming, uh, uh, you know, 20, 30 minutes just to sort of like get him a bit of a, a leg stretcher. And hopefully by that point, we'll be, you know, two nil up or something and just gonna allow him to have a bit more, uh, you know, a bit more freedom. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to be bring him on when we're, you know, nil nil, one nil down or something like that and actually sort of chasing the game. Yeah. We want him to sort of come on and actually build a bit of confidence, make sure the legs are working, um, all that. So it is difficult when it comes to injuries. I mean, Collins, I don't know how you found it when you came back from injury. If obviously you're sort of, you know, stomping at the bit to sort of get on the pitch again, but were you also wary about, you know, re-injuring yourself if you started a game? Yeah, uh, that was my next question. Actually, what was the Mitra got? Is it is it muscular injury? It was his foot, wasn't it? Hmm. His ankle, I believe. Yeah, I think I believe it's the ankle, and I believe it's the same one that he nibbed when he was playing for Serbia. So it's I, I believe it's his ankle. Yeah, yes. um, it's always a tricky one. I, I I always had a muscular injury, so that's more dangerous. Obviously, you know, with muscular hamstring, groin, uh, thighs. I'm not saying ankle and and knee is not a bad one, but uh. I think you have to be careful if you got a muscular injury uh, more often. And if I wasn't right, I didn't want to play because I know with a muscular injury, if you've done it again, it's going to keep you out for longer. So, um, well, like you said, hopefully uh, his ankle is right and then he can play on Saturday um, with Wilson. Um, I know he's a good player and there was a championship last year, but I'm not so sure if he's a Premier League player for me. That's just my opinion. I think he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's tricky. He's not the quickest, he's sharp, you know, he's clever, but he hasn't played all season in the Premier League and I'm just not so sure if that's the guy we who's going to help us get the three points. No, that's interesting. I, I so I sort of tend to agree with you with Wilson, but this we haven't really seen him properly yet. But I, I do I do have worried this sometimes, and I have worried that sometimes he, even though he had an amazing season with us in the championship, he did have this. He could be quite streaky, and he did have these um, tendencies to tail off. And, and in, in a league that we're in now, I, I could see that potentially being a bit of a problem. I, I just both of your thoughts on this before we leave. I just want to. Danny said this in the group, and you know he, he'll be annoyed that I'm mentioning this because you'll think that I'm throwing him under the bus but I think he, he like he's quite reactionary Danny when, when he gets a result and no. he said, well you know what I mean. and he <laughs> just you, said Danny. simply the honeymoon period is over and I didn't fully agree and I just like your thoughts whether you think that's we're starting to find our level a bit more now and it would slowly going down to maybe the 12th and 14th place we should be I just, I just like to know if that if there's any truth in the dream like the honeymoon period is fading slightly <laughs> I don't. I think the honeymoon period is a bit of a myth, to be honest. Okay. I don't think we have. I don't think there's such such thing. It's like it's one of those. We played really well at the beginning. We took teams by surprise. We earned our results. That opening day game against Liverpool, we fully deserved that uh, point. We deserved probably three points given how we played, and we just you know you lose games in this league. You lose more games than you win at our level, and we've just lost two on the trot. Um, there's two, yes, two in the trot, and we'll win again, uh, another game soon. It's, oh, I was trying to think of another term that wasn't fine margins, but it's kind of that's the <laughs> that's the Don't kind of where it. we're at at the moment. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to do it. We so just said I it, think, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, we uh, we just need to get our get our head back in the games, 
actually take our chances. Hopefully the whole team can sort of come together with injuries. We'll sort of hopefully, hope, touch wood, sort of go by the wayside soon and we won't pick any serious ones up. But we just need to get a, a morale-boosting victory in the next game. And at home against a fellow promoted team, you know, is it's the best chance to get uh, you know those three points because there is only what well, there's a month left until the World Cup break, just over a month. Yeah, we need to be over you know over twenty points by that point, and to give ourselves that confidence that the second half of the season we can push on and stay up because that is still the aim: stay up this season, build on it, and go from there. Don't need two losses against you know very decent teams to put us into a bit of a slump mentally as well as league form. Yeah, I, t- I think Morgan is spot on. The only, the only concern I have, though, um, for the last three, four seasons, we've been going up and down. And I know as a player, when you lose too many games, you might get negative. You might get, you might put your head down. You might think, oh, there we go again. You know, every, and then the, the building, yeah. the building just start being negative and, you can't get win. Your luck go against you. The VAR go against you. You don't want that. So, like that's why I said it's not to put pressure on anybody uh, who connected with Fulham. But Saturday is a massive game. You need three points just to get yourself what you just said, Morgan. The morale, you know, good feeling about the players. Everybody happy again. You know, big, big, big game. Because if you keep losing, trust me, it's gonna go around your head. You're gonna think, oh my god, there we go again. It's going to be the same season over and over again. And then it's very, very hard to come out of that kind of negativity. So, um, yeah, I'll be obviously uh, confident. But again, it's something different about this team than the, the past uh, uh, few uh, few seasons in the Premier League. So my fate is still we're going to stay up. And what Morgan said, we shouldn't be like too sexy and saying, oh, we have to finish 12th and 10th. Just make sure we stay in the league for second year in a row. That's the big, big plus. Yeah, 100%. I, I, the, the stakes are huge on Saturday, uh, not just for the result, but also just my, my father-in-law is joining me and he's never been to a football game before. <laughs> so I'm trying desperately. So I'm, I've really got to impress him. You know what I mean? I've got to make sure that I support Mate, the right team. You know what I mean? <laughs> Go on. If, you, uh, if you haven't impressed the father-in-law by now, I, I think you're pretty screwed if you're, if you're coming down <laughs> yeah. to uh, last resorts of taking to a Fulham match. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a tight rope, mate. I'm on a tight rope. <laughs> uh, just really, really quickly, quickly, I'll get your score prediction or score hope, Morgan and then Collins. Uh, I'm going to go two one. I think there will be a couple of changes in the game in terms of lineup. I think we might see uh, Reem drop into the bench for this game. I think we might see Diop and Tosin starting at centre back. Um, hopefully, Tete will be back. Uh, otherwise, I think uh, Bobby may continue in his right back role. Hopefully, Mitro back. But again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against seeing Vinicius. Sort of. Let's just say if he's playing a similar role to Mitro, then hopefully they can actually play to his strengths because he showed on Saturday, certainly in the first twenty minutes, that he is a very decent option. But he needs mm. a few more uh, opportunities uh, to put the ball in the back of the net. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two one. And yeah, break our duck. All right. Uh, and to you, Colin. Sir? Yeah, I'm conf- Yeah, I'm confident. It's going to be three one. Three one. Bournemouth's going to score. Yeah, it's going to be three one. It's going to be a battering for us. <laughs> I th- no, honestly, honestly, I think we're gonna. I I think we're gonna blow them away. 
It's going to be a free one. I can't wait. All right, so I'm, I'm going to go just I, I'm balance. very, very confident. I'm very confident. I think the home fans... I don't know. Like I just said in the beginning, I just got this feeling. I was at a, I was at a Brighton game. I was at a Liverpool game. Um, just the feel around the place. It just, it just feels different. The atmosphere at the cottage is noticeably yes, improved. Yes, it's, it's yes. there's something magic happening now. I don't know if it's, it's the closing in. Magic. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And that's what I feel as well. So my gut feeling tells me we're gonna win. We're gonna. It's gonna be two nil, two one, and then three one. Finish it off. Perfect. All right. I might go for three nil, three nil, a clean sheet just for Burnt Leno because we all love him so dearly, and that's that's yeah. I just I'd, I'd like to see him have a clean sheet this one. <laughs> all right, lads. Well, look, thank you very much to my co-host, and thank you for listening at home. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us, and please subscribe. We'll be back. We'll be back next week with a reaction to hopefully that Bournemouth victory. See you soon. <laughs>